Good day to you. Hope you're having a wonderful day. We are reading in the book of Philippians. We are ready to read chapter 4. Now we have read in our last session, chapter 3, where Paul is urging the Philippians to be mature, spiritually mature, and just press on and, you know, chase after Jesus, follow him, and, and chase after that uh, perfection in Jesus, even though we may never attain it, and he says he he has certainly not attained it. Um, but he says we should actively, that's what he does, we should actively press on every day to follow Jesus, forgetting those mistakes and things we've done in the past, you know, learn those lessons, but move forward every day and keep keep striving, keep trying to reach that perfection. We're all following Jesus, and that's what we should be doing. So therefore, that is what chapter 3 is, that's the gist of that. So therefore, in chapter 4, Paul is going to continue. This is the last chapter of the letter of the book. So um, I'll have a little summary after this, but he's going to have a little more to teach you know, them here as well as some other things. So, this is Philippians chapter 4. I'm going to start in verse 1. Now I am reading from the Amplified Bible. Therefore, my fellow believers, whom I love and long for, my delight and crown, my wreath of victory, in this way stand firm in the Lord, my beloved. Okay, so he's telling them, therefore, this is, it's so funny, they broke this up from chapter 3. This probably went with chapter 3, where he's like, therefore, <laughs> stand firm in the Lord. You know, in this way, stand firm in the Lord, in this way. What, what way? Well, that's the way of pressing forward and trying and working every day and um, to obtain that perfection of Jesus, you know. And... Uh, so, and also, at the end of chapter 3, he's talking about waiting for the coming of the Lord and that we would be, you know, transformed and have a glorious body like Jesus has a glorious res resurrected body. So, he's saying in this way, you know, pressing on and doing these things every day uh, to become closer to Jesus and then also waiting in anticipation for Jesus' return in this way, stand firm in the Lord. So it's kind of funny they had the chapter break, in my opinion, at kind of a bad place. Because this first verse doesn't make a lot of sense standalone. It makes a lot of sense if you look at what he had just said previously. That's just me. I'm just, I'm just pointing that out. Okay, so verse 2. I urge Yodia and I urge Sintek, Sintek, I'm not sure how to say these names, I apologize, to agree and work in harmony in the Lord. Indeed, I ask you too, my true companion, to help these women to keep on cooperating, for they have shared my struggle in the cause of the gospel, together with Clement and the rest of my fellow workers whose names are in the book of life. So, Rejoice in the Lord, always delight, take pleasure in him. Again, I will say rejoice. Now hold on just a second. So he's asking them, because there's some people, he's urging Yodia and Sintik to agree and work in harmony in the Lord. 
These must have been people at Philippi or ladies at Philippi. Help these women to keep on cooperating, for they have shared in my struggle in the cause of the gospel, together with Clement and the rest of my fellow workers, whose names are in the book of life. So these are people, he's urging them to, to help them to cooperate and continue to work with them. And that must be at the church of Philippi. I don't know the history of these people, so I'm just going to, I'm just assuming what I can tell here that they are people that Paul have worked with, has worked with, and, and, you know, he's urging them to continue to cooperate and work together. So, now here, uh, honestly, uh, he's moving forward and he's going to give us, I'm going to say this like this, he's given us a recipe to fight basically worries and anxiety. You're going to see this here, and I've I've actually done a short message, a little devotional type of message on this. Um, but this, the next few verses are going to be just, it's like a perfect little recipe. See, he knows the folks in Philippi, they're being persecuted. They're um, just like he was jailed when he went to Philippi. He knows that they're not in the best of situations. Okay, so... You know, he's trying to give them something beneficial, so he's given them this. So let's read these next few verses here with that in mind. Rejoice in the Lord always. Delight, take pleasure in him. Again, I will say, rejoice. Let your gentle spirit, your graciousness, unselfishness, mercy, tolerance, and patience be known to all people. The Lord is near. Now, you can look at that one statement, the Lord is near, in a couple of different ways. But I see it as in, the Lord is near, the Lord is always with us, He's always helping us, He's always there. You can say say that in a way as to mean, well, the Lord is always here. He always sees everything you do. You should, you know, make sure you're acting appropriately. So you can kind of look at that in two slightly different ways. I always think of it as the Lord is near, the Lord is there as a support, as a guide to help you. But that's just me. The, the other is true, too. God is omniscient. He sees everything, and he knows everything. So so he does know what we're doing. So don't be deceived about that. So verse 6, Do not be anxious or worried about anything, but in everything, every circumstance and situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, continue to make your specific requests known to God. And the peace of God, that peace which reassures the heart, that peace which transcends all understanding, that peace which stands guard over your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus, is yours. So that's part. That's a big part of the recipe there. Rejoice in the Lord. Praise the Lord. You know, praise, believe it or not, praise while we're praising God. That is also building our faith and edifying our spirit even while we're praising God. And then, you know, make sure that our gentle spirit and graciousness and mercy is known to all people. That's how we should act. And the Lord is near. The Lord is near. We should always remember that the Lord is with us everywhere we go. He is always there. Do not be anxious or worried about anything. Don't, don't worry and fret about things. You know, do the best you can. Take care of what you can. But... In every situation, pray by prayer and petition and with thanksgiving, 
pray to God and be thankful to God and ask Him, you know, let Him know. Continue to make your specific requests known to God. Let God know. And be specific as you can. You can't always be extremely specific, I know, but you, you know, do the best you can. And then, the peace of God, you know, you can then with that, with that faith, with that, that strength of faith, and with that, uh, uh, prayer of knowing that you're you're handing that over to God, you've done what you can, then you can have this this peace, this peace that sends guard over your heart and mind. And then finally, there is just a little more to this recipe, uh, starting in verse 8. Yeah, it is in verse 8, I think, is the, the rest. So finally, believers, whatever is true, Whatever is honorable and worthy of respect, whatever is right and confirmed by God's word, whatever is pure and wholesome, whatever is lovely and brings peace, whatever is admirable and of good repute, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think continually on these things. Center your mind on them and implant them in your heart. In other words, once you've prayed and you've, you've given that over to God, then think. Don't let your thought life become clouded with a bunch of negative stuff, a lot of strifeful stuff. You know, because when you sit and worry and fret, a lot of times that's what we're doing. Now I catch myself and I have to stop myself. I'm like, think about something else. You know, move on. Because your mind wants something to think about and wants to sit and stew, you know. So you have to you have to change that habit and that pattern and not be sitting and thinking about negative bad things. Especially if you do have something, if you have valid concerns and worries, once you pray and hand that over to God, then we need to start thinking, train ourselves to think of good, positive, honorable things and move on. Once we've done what we can do, and we pray and turn that over to God, that's it. There's nothing else I can do in that situation. So I need to just go on and think of good, positive things. And think of, you know, whatever things will help bring you peace, will help you um, edify you. Think of things from God's Word, you know, confirmed by God's Word. Think of good things. You know, focus more time on God's Word. Pray more to God if you need to. Um, I, sometimes I have almost like a running thought conversation uh, with God, and sometimes I may feel like that's one-sided, but on the other hand, I need that. I need to feel like I have Him there as my Father, my friend to to communicate with. And, and, and I know that I can look in His Word, and I will find answers to things, and I will it will help me. And and there's always his word that you can go to. That's always excellent and worthy of praise. And, you know, think on these things, on these good things. And uh, if it helps you to uh, have uh, um, like uh, hymns that you can sing or anything like that, that helps remind you and keep praising God. And, and those things are all beneficial. Like he does say ahead, I mean, above, in the beginning, he says, rejoice in the Lord always. And that's because that also is very edifying and peaceful and building. When you think of the Lord, 
and that's something that you can do when he says you know whatever is true whatever is honorable you can think on and praise the lord and you can praise the lord in song and hymn and you know remind yourself of those good things of you know using spiritual you know using spiritual songs and, and not worldly things but but good things good spiritual things now I'm not saying that everything on earth is bad that's not what i mean when i say that about worldly things but i mean we do need to be careful of the worldly things we participate in. We need to make sure that they're good things and nice things and things that you could consider a blessing from God, say, instead of something that's awful. <laughs> you know, um, anyway, you don't want to be thinking on things that, that just generate more negativity and more bad stuff. So so definitely this this is like a recipe here all by itself, just those verses from uh, Philippians uh, chapter 4, it's verses 4 through 8. It's really just a recipe against, um, against, uh, oh, rats, what is it? Anxiety, just, you know, don't be anxious, don't be worried. Um, from negative, you know, don't be thinking, don't be, don't be building up negative stuff, negativity in yourself. So this is really just a little recipe to just keep yourself safe from the negativity, the anxiety, the worry. Okay. Now I'm going to move on because I'm sorry I got held up in that. But I, I really, I think that's an important part of life that everyone needs to know and understand to help uh, prevent, you know, all that negativity and anxiety and worry is, you know, to turn that over to God, rejoice and thank God for all your blessings, remind yourself of all those blessings, think of the good positive things, and, and to praise God for that. That's all very helpful and edifying when you do that. Alright, so um, verse 9, The things which you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things in daily life, and the God who is the source of peace and well-being will be with you. Well, here's another another thing that we can do if we think of Paul, but we can also think of Jesus, and we can think of the things that we have learned and received and heard and seen in Jesus in the Gospels, and we can practice those things in our daily life. That's another thing. So there's another little piece that you could add to that recipe even, or you can just take this as its, this as its own thing. This is something that we should do. We should be doing these things. Now, we didn't see and know Paul. We can read Paul and understand Paul. And we can definitely read about Jesus in the Gospels and understand and follow his example. Moving on to verse 10. I rejoiced greatly in the Lord that now at last you have renewed your concern for me. Indeed, you were concerned about me before, but you had no opportunity to show it. Not that I speak from any personal need, for I have learned to be content and self-sufficient through Christ, satisfied to the point where I am not disturbed or uneasy regardless of my circumstances. I know how to get along and live humbly in difficult times, and I also know how to enjoy abundance and live in prosperity. In any and every circumstance, I have learned the secret of facing life, whether well-fed or going hungry, whether having an abundance or being in need. I can do all things which he has called me to do through him who strengthens me and empowers me to fulfill his purpose. 
I am self-sufficient in Christ's sufficiency. I am ready for anything and equal to anything through him who infuses me with inner strength and confident peace. Now here, <clears throat> this is another part of, uh, if we think about this, this is allowing God, again, having faith and allowing God to supply for you and to know that regardless of what's going on in our lives, regardless of what's happening, that uh, we can trust in God to take care of us and that he will provide for us in every circumstance. I can do all things. And we, we have this, we say this differently. There's different translations of this, but I can, all, I can do all things through him who strengthens me, who, through Christ who strengthens me. <clears throat> I am self-sufficient in Christ because Christ gives me what I need. I am ready for anything and equal to anything through him who infuses me with his inner strength and confident peace. So, this is another assurance, another assuring thing. You have to remember the people in Philippi, again, were going through persecution, and Paul is trying to encourage and assure them and help them. And so he's telling them how to deal, how to deal with this, this, uh, this life, this persecution, and how to get through it. You know, and that's a good point to make and understand that that's why he's telling them these things and teaching them these things and uh, mentioning these things to them and he's comparing it to his life he knows how to get along and live humbly and whether he's in prosperity or if he's in need he knows how to keep moving and he can do <clears throat> the secret that he's talking about is I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me that's the whole that's the whole gist of that he's saying you know Regardless of what's going on, regardless of my personal need or, or abundance, I can still do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I, I have Christ within me, helping me. You know, again, above, he says, the Lord is near. The Lord is always there supporting us, helping us. And he says, nevertheless, it was right of you to share with me in my difficulties. And you Philippians know that in the early days of preaching the gospel, after I left Macedonia, no church shared with me in the matter of giving and receiving except you alone. For even in Thessalonica, you sent a gift more than once for my needs. So here these people had been supporting him. and See, they had sent gifts to him to help him in his ministry. Not that I seek the gift itself, but I do seek the profit which increases to your heavenly account, the blessing which is accumulating for you, because they are giving into his ministry. They are creating, you know, they are storing up treasure in heaven and blessings in heaven. And that's something that even Jesus mentions back in the Gospels. We've, we've read that. But I have received everything in full and more. I am amply supplied, having received from Epaphroditus the gifts you sent me. See, he had delivered. He was the delivery man, bringing some stuff to them. Um, they are the fragrant aroma of an offering, an acceptable sacrifice which God welcomes and in which he delights. And my God will liberally supply, fill until full, your every need according to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus. So he says that, you know, 
you've sent this to me, you've given to me to help me in my need, and God will supply your need as well. You know, and this is how God tends to, I'm not saying that you can't have manna from heaven, because God has obviously done that in the past, but usually God is going to use other Christians to help. He's going to use other people to help and to make <clears throat> to make those blessings occur. Why? Because when they give to Paul to help his ministry, that's a blessing for them as well as it's a blessing to him. But they're also storing up a treasure in heaven by doing a good a good thing. So it is beneficial both ways. It's a win win situation when people help people, when Christians help Christians. Or when Christians help anyone, honestly, it's still a win win. But nonetheless. <clears throat> so to our God and Father be the glory forever and ever. Amen. Remember me to every saint in Christ Jesus, the brothers who are with me greet you all. God's people wish to be remembered to you, especially those of Caesar's household. Okay, I read that wrong, so let me read that again. I'm sorry. Remember me to every saint in Christ Jesus. The brothers who are with me greet you. All God's people wish to be remembered to you, especially those of Caesar's household. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. So, he was in captivity in Rome. He was being held in basically a home. It sounded like he was being held in a house that he was renting, basically, and he was under guard so that he couldn't escape, not that he was trying to escape or anything. So... I'm not sure about Caesar's household, how much of that, you know, who all that would imply or be. I'm not sure if it, if he's talking about, you know, guards and, and soldiers and or just anybody that's uh, in Caesar's government or part of, you know, I don't know. I don't know. But maybe, maybe part of where he was talking about the, I think, the, the guard, the Praetorian guard in, in one of the earlier chapters, so. Nonetheless, regardless of that, because um, some of them were converted, um, <clears throat> but regardless of that, um, here, Paul is giving them some last points, some last encouragement, um, and reminding them of who Christ, the Lord God, is with them, and who is with them and in them, and how they can do all things through Christ. And he's also reminding them, hey, to, you know, he knows all these bad things are going on that in the world, you know, there's persecution and, and bad things happening, but he's reminding them to, you know, always be praising God, to uh, make sure that you're showing mercy and love to everyone, and that the, the Lord is near, and that you should not be anxious or worried, but but pray to God, give God those cares and concerns, do what you can about it, and then think on good and positive things, and think on um, right things like God's word, and again, there's always going back to praise and thanking God for all your blessings, you know, those things are very, those things are very edifying, because when you remember and think on all the things that God has done for you and blessed you with, it really can build you up and make you realize what a good 
thing you have in life. So, from, and it's all from God our Father, all of it. So, all right. Thank you for listening. This has been chapter four of Philippians. And next, because that is the final chapter, next I will do a little summary. I don't think it will be overly long, but it will take a little time for me to put that together. So bear with me on that. And um want to, again, thank you for listening. Uh, may God bless you and keep you. Watch after your family. And uh, remember that God loves you.